I'm Gilda. I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night Hive, the podcast where we get very stoned and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yes, and today we're talking about season 46, episode 6, aired November 7th, 2020, um, with host Dave Chappelle and musical guest Foo Fighters. Oh man, it was such a good episode! Yes, such a big day. Oh my god, it was. (laughs) And like, as I saw a TikTok from someone, as she noted, like, everything they'd written all week had to be thrown out on Saturday morning once the race was called, or at least highly, highly heavily edited. So... I mean, yeah, the cold been definitely. I want to take a quick second before we get into the episode to say that listener discretion is advised as we discuss adult themes and drug use. So just be mindful of who's around you whilst you're listening. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did not uh, accept the win until 8.30ish Eastern and dress starts at 7. So the cold open had to be written like on the spot where they were doing wardrobe down to the last minute. Like I thought they nailed Maya Rudolph's outfit for Kamala Harris. It was spot on. The exact same thing. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, what the fuck? How do they do that? (laughs) Right? It was like the same outfit. I don't, yeah, good for them. (laughs) But yeah, so the cold open, it was Joe Biden's acceptance speech. He it cut over to Donald Trump, who was not handling when it, well, we can, it actually, it didn't even start off with that. It started off with CNN and Wolf Blitzer and John King's hands, which were worn down to nubs from all of the touchscreen tapping from the screens. I liked that. It cut to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty, I, I don't want to say it was like a generic cold open because it was, just, it was political speeches. It was just relishing in the fact that Joe Biden won and it was jokes on jokes about Trump not conceding. Alec Baldwin's Donald Trump. He walked over slowly to a piano and played an acoustic version of Macho Man. <laughs> it was solid. It felt good. He was saying like, stop the count, stop the count. And then um, what's her name came on? Um, Chloe Feynman as, Chloe Feynman as Kaylee McEnany um, comes on and is like, hey, like you're actually losing. And he's like, count the votes. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it just felt good. And then Jim Carrey did his Ace Ventura bit with the loser thing at the end they said live from new york it's saturday night it looked like maya rudolph was tearing up um super pumped for maya rudolph's job security for the next four years yeah the the loser bit that was really really good and that i I was glad that jim carrey was biden in that moment because he was so good at that (laughs) yeah it was the it was like okay honestly this has been worth it like just all of the Eh, of how I felt about his Joe Biden up until now was worth it for that one bit. And then we rolled right into the Dave Chappelle monologue. And which lasted so long. It was so long. It was a 16 minute stand up bit. And I was so thrilled. I will say that in the time that 
I have been watching Saturday Night Live, this was probably the best monologue that I have ever seen. It surpasses John Mulaney. It surpasses, it was solid from beginning to end. It was serious. It was poignant. It was funny. It pointed out some really problematic shit. And Dave Chappelle, he comes out and he's smoking a cigarette. And it was just like, you know what? Fuck yeah, set that tone. So surprised to see that, but I was totally there for it. And a lot of the things that he said, they were just really, really good. Um, he did at one point um, make a few like sort of misogynistic jokes about women not making a lot of money. And I was sort of like, on one hand, I'm kind of like, well, he did have a point with that woman <laughs> totally letting Trump say all that shit. Um, right. No, I mean, Deborah Burks. Deborah Burke's not jumping in and being like, um, excuse me, no, we're not going to inject sunlight and or bleach into anybody to solve corona. I don't think that Dave Chappelle actually believes women deserve to make less money. I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it was, I think that was more just him proving a point. And honestly, it didn't even upset me simply because I know that that is not, it's like, Again, Bill Burr's monologue felt worse than oh, definitely. that. Like even, da- like, even just the delivery with Dave Chappelle, like, you could tell it was a joke. It didn't feel mean. His delivery is always, like, a little bit, like, better, I feel like. He could deliver some crazy ass Yeah. And, no, I mean, he, he definitely, obviously, has better delivery. That's why he's Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr's Bill Burr. <laughs> I thought, um... Yeah, honestly, it was like, that was the biggest issue for me in this, in the monologue. And it wasn't even that big of an issue. Everything else is just perfect. And he started off talking about how, Dave Chappelle started off talking about how his great grandfather was born a slave and he was a slave for 10 years. And then uh, he learned he was educated. He learned how to read. He became a pastor at the AME church. And I thought it was really, I mean, that was his great grandfather. That's not that long ago. And I, yeah, and then I, he, well, so a lot of what he talked about or mentioned, we're going to have to edit because I, as a grown ass white woman, know that I am not going to say the N word on a podcast. <laughs> no, but um, I know that Lauren must have truly put himself on the, not on the line, but I don't know that I've ever heard the N-word more in a stand-up monologue. That being said, trying to censor that is censoring Dave Chappelle. Like Dave Chappelle is who he is. And you know what? Let him be who let let him be Dave Chappelle. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so Dave Chappelle was talking about how, you know, if his great-grandfather could see him, he's on saturday night live he's on tv he has his specials on netflix and hbo max and he didn't make a penny for any of it and how his grandfather would have said this n-word got bought and sold more than i did and again it was it's not funny but it's funny it was good it made me laugh yeah i I also like the, do you remember life before COVID? There was a mass shooting every week. We had to do something to lock these murderous whites up. <laughs> I have actually thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, at least we don't have that going on. Like the world is shit, but it's not, we don't have that. <laughs> right. 
And one more random fun fact. I have a very good family friend that lives in Yellow Springs, Ohio, where Dave Chappelle lives. And it's just like this senior citizen hippie haven in the middle of Ohio where everybody smokes pot. Dave Chappelle hosts uh, hosts these comedy workshops and like every few months, like David Letterman or Trevor Noah or somebody's just in town visiting Dave Chappelle. And I really thought it was funny how he's talking about how he hosts these shows in a cornfield and um, there had to be a meeting about how he's being too loud. And he's be- I'm being too loud in a cornfield. So I had to go to a town meeting about how I'm being too loud in the cornfield. And that was embarrassing. And he talked about, uh, he sees ads for farmersonly.com. What kind of bitch only smashes with farmers? That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he talked about like masks and how, you know, these people can, they can wear masks to the Klan rally, but not just to go out in public. Um, and he called going out without a mask raw dogging earth, which is something I think like in my head kind of. <laughs> and I, was, I was happy to hear somebody else say it because just sort of confirmed my mind that that was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he said that. Uh, people felt comfortable wearing their masks to the Klan rally, so they should feel comfortable doing so at the Walmart, and that everyone would feel safer knowing that they were wearing a mask and also knowing who they, you know, oh, okay, <laughs> not going near that person. They're, they're in the Klan. Yeah. I really enjoyed, uh, so Dave Chappelle was talking about how Chris Christie was everything that Corona wanted. And Corona was like, mm, he's got diabetes, he's got asthma, he's obese. And yeah. Uh, it was long and I was kind of like, wait a minute, am I high or is this going on for a very long time? I'm ready to continue talking because then we went to the commercial right? and then we talked from the commercial and he's standing there again. And I, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> and he introduced the next sketch, which is kind of cute. It's kind of like the Chappelle show, um, but he introduced it. Um, by talking about how it, it was related to COVID and people losing their jobs. So it felt a little bit serious, but then you see the sketch and the person who's losing their job is Aunt Jemima, <laughs> who's Maya Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, and she says that, you know, the problem isn't, you know, that Alec Baldwin is playing a CEO. I think Heidi Gardner was beside him and they're explaining the problem isn't her, it's how she makes the white people feel. And she said, but I make pancakes, they're the fluffiest, they're the butteriest in the store aisle. And the secret, I use my own breast milk, wink. It was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and also Uncle Ben was there, um, and that was Kenan Thompson, and he's saying, oh my god, you know, all I know is rice. And then he just lists different types of rice. And it was so funny for some reason. <laughs> I was dying. He was just literally listing all the types of rice. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, I could have watched him list rice all night. And then it cuts to uh, the Allstate guy who's being portrayed by Dave Chappelle. And they're saying, well, you have to lose your job too because you're black. And well, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. And it was just like, oh shit. Yeah, and the Allstate guy, that was fun. His voice sounded just like him. I was like, whoa, but then I realized it's just the microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, uh... yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. I was just like, holy shit, how, how are they doing that? 
No, I was like intentionally trying to figure it out. I was surprised. So Pete Davidson showed up as Count Chocula and both at this point, both Dave Chappelle and Pete Davidson are just breaking and Pete Davidson like lost the fake teeth out of his mouth. It was funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, you look at his lips. It was like, America, look at Pete Davidson's lips. <laughs> I like that. The next sketch, at first I thought it was a commercial, so I wasn't paying attention. And then I realized, oh, wait, I think that's Cecily Strong's voice doing the voiceover. And I was like, wait, Mario? What the fuck? Oh, I missed that. So I had to go back and restart it. Because I was, yeah. And it was a sketch all about, like, the 35th anniversary of Mario and people talking about their memories of Mario. And there were video game designers, video game blogger, or vloggers, or the Discord people. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a youth. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I just like playing my Zelda they are going through like what mario means to them and it comes it cuts to these just two super fan guys and everything is related to how when these two guys were writing home from getting mario one or super mario whatever i cannot honestly remember one of the guys hit a bit of air and landed on the crossbar of his bicycle and his nuts popped and it only got weirder from there. Yeah, of course it was Kyle fucking Mooney too. <laughs> I mean, of course. If like Kyle Mooney's like the perfect person to have his characters not pop. <laughs> um, and he was with Monkey Dead, who kept bringing it back to. Oh yeah, I don't remember your nuts popped. Um, <laughs> Whoa, we heard them. And then whenever their bit was done, I went to Keenan Thompson. <laughs> And so he asked them to change, Keenan Thompson asked the Mario people to please change the order. And then it cuts back to a few other people and to Kyle Mooney and Mikey Day. And it goes right back to Keenan Thompson. He said, please change the order so I don't have to wax poetic about Mario after hearing about this poor young boy was neutered. <laughs> yeah, it got pretty intense. He had to have emergency surgery and get it sanded down like a Barbie. <laughs> Bro, will you stop saying sanded down? You were the one that said it first. It's like clearly this guy just wants to move on. <sighs> yeah, there's also the image, I laughed so hard, uh, um, the image of Kyle Mooney peeing. It was like, yeah, like do it like out of his, like under his belly button. So he's like planking on top of a toilet. It was so fucking funny looking. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. I'll just... Some great, like, young humor, like, juvenile young. Yeah, it was, I, I honestly didn't expect it, A, that early on in the show, or B, at all, but it's probably one of the funnier things that Kyle Mooney has done, or at least one of the things, one of his things that I found funnier. Uh, on the scale of Kyle Mooney, I liked that the most. Well, I love Kyle Mooney. Like, every time he's on, I'm just, I laugh so hard. <laughs> he's so goofy. Um, the next one we could talk about that was uh, it was a guy trying to get his ex to take him back the guy was Beck Bennett and the ex was Egonorum who did it really well in the sketch I thought um, he was talking about all of his issues and how you know he used to be addicted but now he's not um, it kept escalating into something kind of more intense 
Um, so just a lot of jokes about drug addiction, which I was like, um, okay. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of jokes about drug addiction, but it was Beck Bennett trying to win back Ego Nuotum and just revealing over and over. Like, she's like, wait, you were addicted to Coke? And he's like, but yeah, but that was when I was coming off the pills. She's like, wait, there were pills? And his addictions just keep getting worse. So like, they're joking about the addictions, but like the addiction isn't the joke. It's the fact that they were dating and she had no idea all of this was going on, just that he was romantically checked out. And he said that that was because he got really into porn. And she's like, well, I mean, I guess I get that. A lot of guys get really into porn. And he's like, yeah, no, I mean, when you're shooting five, six scenes a day or, you know, and she's like, wait, you were in porn? And then it it just gets worse. There's guns, there's sex offender jokes. He says he pulled it out on a playground. And yeah, he gets down on one knee and she's like, oh, is he gonna fall? It's like, girl. Yeah, it was a lot. The end of it was, um, it ends with you hear the cops coming and so he has all of the contraband that he's been talking about this entire time on him and he gives it all to her and runs away and she's like he loves me (laughs) which was so fucking funny (laughs) yeah it really just tied the sketch up perfectly i ego nuotum is rapidly becoming one of the standout members of this cast and i am thrilled to see it yes and then we rolled right into the first Foo Fighters performance of the night, which was Shame Shame. And oh, I love Dave Grohl. I love me some Dave Grohl. He's so cute. Oh, he is. It was cute. Oh no, I was just gonna say that I my mother and I went to the went to a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony once, and they had served dinner. And it's like everybody that was watching the ceremony were in like the arena bowl seats and the floor where all the musicians and the people there like perform and induct and getting inducted. And at one point I will, I'm not going to say who ordered a pizza because that will give away what year it was. And therefore that will give away a lot of information, but someone ordered a bunch of takeout pizza because apparently the food was too fancy. And I watched Dave Grohl like, bounce across the floor grab like half a box of pizza or like a box of pizza that had half a pizza in it and like run back to his table like he had just committed like grand theft auto it was adorable and hilarious and i love pizza yeah, so that's cute yeah so we can update they were talking about how much celebration there was in new york city um yesterday after the results um, and he said, oh, well, only in New York, but actually it wasn't only in New York. And then we saw clips of, you know, literally all around the world celebrating. Yeah. I really liked the line. Do you know how bad you have to be for Paris to ring bells when you lose? Yeah. I shared something to my social media accounts that said something to the effect of, I'm uh, looking at it. God damn it. Yeah, live your life in such a way that the entire planet doesn't dance in the street when you lose your job. And I think that's a solid life motto. Yeah. <laughs> I think Michael Che once again joked about uh, they're going to be a race for. And he says, Colin, you don't know this, but my friends and I, we were going to kidnap you. We pre ordered a fridge and everything. And Colin Jost was like, You're going to put me in a fridge? He's like, No, no, the box. 
It's like, what the fuck? And Michael Che has popped off his clip-on tie and his like straight up drinking liquor. Just straight up liquor in a glass. Yeah, I saw somewhere that um, somebody, I think it was Ego Nordum said that they were all kind of drinking a little bit last night. <laughs> um, which is good. It's what they deserve. I can see it. Honestly, it was a very loose show and they do fucking deserve it. They just did six shows in a row. They showed a clip of a reporter telling um, this MAGA guy to literally fuck off, like just on the live news. He's saying, fuck off. I loved that. Oh my God. (laughs) That was so wonderful. I, yeah, I had someone looped that. I saw a clip yesterday on TikTok. Someone looped video they remixed the you about to lose your job fuck off you about to lose your job fuck off it was great it was great oh my god (laughs) that's the second time you've mentioned tiktok today yeah it is i may be forming somewhat of a small addiction it's fine i resisted it and now now i'm on the tiktok guys i'm so pissed that my phone has no space because i want tiktok so bad (laughs) oh kate mckinnon played Rudy Giuliani because I mean Saturday Night Live was gifted with a performance by Rudy Giuliani in front of a lawn care service in between a crematorium and a dildo shop so you can't not have a Rudy Giuliani in the show right no that was great that that moment was just so I'm still thinking about that like I woke up and I was like wow I remember literally yesterday when the conference had the landscaping place (laughs) But like, that's where the Trump campaign ended in the parking lot of a landscaping warehouse. And yeah, I, they were supposed to, they, they wanted to book the four seasons, but ended up calling the wrong place. And Kate McKinnon says, ah, sorry, she's late. She went, she first went to 30 rocks, which was a, a quarry. What a night. A quarry in New Rochelle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned how Rudy Giuliani literally said that there could be ballots coming from Mars. And I was so surprised to see that that was actually a thing that actually happened. What the fuck? (laughs) And yeah, he said, you know, if the ballot, if the name on the ballot is Meepthorpe Xandar and the address is Mars, we're going to throw it out. Yeah, no shit, Rudy. Uh, Poll workers, uh, they weren't allowed to observe the election. And then uh, Kate McKinnon climbed up on Colin Jost Jost and said, there gotta be nuts on the back. That's where a poll worker ought to be. It was so good. (laughs) It was just wild. I just felt Oh, God. Uh, we call backsies in Arizona. It's opposite day in Georgia. Filing lawsuits in multiple states. Uh, lawsuits about what? I don't know what we filed lawsuits for. Child support, manslaughter. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was really, yeah. It was a weekend update. And then it went from weekend update to uh, parody news. Um, the first of, what was it? I think two, no. Yeah, well, there were like news parody sketches last night, I think. There was News 5 Center Albany, and um, they were talking about a hailstorm that happened. Um, and they're sort of going, you know, from some different Albany citizens. And there's this place called the Wooden Nickel that Kate McKinnon works at. And you find out Kenan Thompson also works at the Wooden Nickel. And they had a moment during this hailstorm. Yeah, 
the Chiron that's running underneath them is friends, but kissed in a storm. That was so fucking. <laughs> yeah. And the news, the news uh, anchors are talking to a few different people around the town and they're like, okay, but this isn't what the segment's about. And she's like, oh yes. And then I called my friend to help and said, hurry, hurry, I kissed Rudolph. And then I, they, I, God, it, it was like, okay, but again, that's still not what we're talking about. And then they cut to the third woman, Heidi Gardner, who's like, well, I, I don't know how we're going to recover, but they were my friends and now they're, now they're more and ooh, you're going to have to come back to me on this or about how I feel about this. And it was like, okay, but still, this is still not what we're talking about. Kate McKinnon says that Rudolph's hand wound up on her breast. It was a friend's <laughs> hand, but it turned to a lover's hand. <laughs> we've been texting <laughs> we've been texting that was so funny it was like such a like weird it was just weird for me to see somebody talk their relationship being like that when she's like clearly like a boomer like short gray hair and like a vest and she's like what we've been texting but I don't really know what we are you know what are we should we define it right now <laughs> Um, yeah, she was basically dressed like a New England or New Hampshire, like, leaf mom. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're trying to figure out the status of their relationship on television. And one of the newscasters says, several people in your town are missing. They're not even done searching. Kate McKinnon Kate and Thompson are like, we're done searching. And one of the newscasters is like, Rudolph, your wife is one of the missing people. And he's like, she's probably dead, though. It's like. Oh my god, Rudolph! That was such a weird turn for it to take. <laughs> oh, it was, but it was perfect. It was so fucking funny. It was. I liked that. Um, then we went into another news segment, which was DC Morning. <laughs> they were talking about how Trump has just left the White House. And I was sitting there, I was with and she said as I was thinking it, it's going to be the white Bronco. And it was <laughs> the white Ford Bronco. Um, and that's pretty much the whole joke. One much longer after that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it was very short. Um, I thought, honestly, the funniest part of the bit was Don Jr. at the wheel. And um, he's obviously on something. And he's say, uh, oh, God what was it uh aquaman instead of fish you can summon the entire parking lot of a cracker barrel i can't even remember who said that or why i wrote it down but it was funny as fuck yeah yeah and then we went into the second Foo fighters performance which was like 70 well say 60 percent dave Grohl singing and then it went into a mega rock song towards the end uh the song was times like these and all that it made me think and feel was oh my god I cannot wait for a national COVID response because I am going to go to every single fucking concert that I can once it's safe to like homegirl gotta have a season fucking pass to basically is what's gonna happen it's just gonna be I might as well just camp there (laughs) it was a really good performance really fucking good oh my god it was so good I was already lusting for Dave Grohl, and that just clicked it to 12. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. Um, did you see Kate McKinnon's mask at the end? Her mask? I saw her shirt. Her mask was, um, it was a black 
mask with like white lace at the top. It just, it looks like it was an RBG, like sort of tribute. Oh my God, I didn't see that. Oh my God. No, I saw her t-shirt said, thank you for voting. I saw that. And Jim Carrey, we finally have an answer. He shaves his head. He's not bald. He didn't wear a hat during the goodnights last night. It's the long unanswered question about the status of Jim Carrey's scalp. Burning question of what does it look like? Um, and Heidi Gardner's hair and romper. Oh my God. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. I love her. And Dave Chappelle ended the show with, and God bless America. And I'm not very religious, but thank truly, God bless America. Because thanks, guys. You, you did it. You pulled through for us. Yeah. Was a little scared for a second there. <laughs> oh, I know. It was, it was a little scared for a bit. Uh, I'm watching the last one with Richard Pryor that we recorded on Tuesday, waiting for results to come in, and I was not in the mood to laugh. And then we recorded on Wednesday, and I felt slightly better, but I still, it was like, all right, God damn it, like, we got, let's record, let's force myself to laugh at shit. And this episode, it was so much easier to watch and so much easier to record. <sighs> what was your favorite sketch? It was so great. It felt so loose and fun. Um, I think my favorite sketch of the night was the um, the Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben sketch. Okay. Um, my favorite was honestly, I it's is it allowed for me to pick Dave Chappelle's monologue as my favorite thing? Definitely. I think I've done that right. I, I think so. My favorite, yeah, my favorite part of SNL last night was the monologue. I fucking loved it. It summed up 2020. It was serious. It was Dave Chappelle at honestly his best in years. I've seen a number of his recent specials and I don't know, like the last time he hosted SNL, it was the weekend after the last election. And honestly, I remember him hosting simply because that was the episode, but I cannot tell you a single damn thing other than Kate McKinnon at the piano singing hallelujah because Leonard Cohen had died earlier that week as well. And the, honestly, Dave Chappelle and Kate McKinnon, that's the only things I can tell you about that show. And so to watch him host again and have it be such a memorable show and have it be like, I, yeah, I would say my favorite was the monologue. Did you have a least favorite sketch? Um, least favorite? I'm just going to say like the DC morning white, white Ford Bronco one. It was just kind of predictable um and kind of short and it was also the third news thing in a row and I was like oh my god this is a lot of news for me yeah it it was kind of uh yeah that it was heavy towards the back half of the show like I don't know that they were trying to fill time but it was something that didn't take a lot of work to put together because you're just re-airing footage and it's voiceover work you can just run into a studio at 30 Rock record some audio throw it to some editors who are probably much better at that than I am. Ha! Um, that's sarcasm. I know they are. Um, so, uh, yeah, no. Um, they, it's, that was a very, like, quick, easy throw it together. They had the news desk from the other. It, it made sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. That was probably the weakest part of the show. But again, they were writing the show on, like, what, a day's notice? So, you know. Yeah, I also read that Dave Chappelle, um, Dave Chappelle didn't show up until Thursday, like he was busy during the week, which was like planned, I guess. 
but like that's kind of crazy he didn't show up until third i mean they must have he must have been zooming in and writing because like the sketch um take me back which i don't know that one was good too it was pretty funny i did like ego note on that if i had to pick my favorite sketch of the night that was like a sketch sketch it's that one so if people get angry that i picked the monologue i will give my runner-up slot to take me back um yeah that's bizarre you can find us on all major pod platforms and if we're not on your preferred pod platform please let us know you can send us emails at satnighthighpod at gmail.com you can also send weed recommendations product recommendations or just stories of fun stuff that's happened to you whilst you are stoned our at on social media is satnighthighpod you can on instagram twitter reddit um youtube facebook night is spelled n-i-t on twitter and um why am i forgetting some oh our website is satnighthighpod.com you can find episodes and information there and yeah i think that's it for me i'm gilda and i'm stuffed happy highs happy highs